Turn over to Genesis chapter number 18. Genesis chapter number 18. I have had this thought. God has encouraged me several times over the past several months. And he's just now given liberty to be able to preach about it and uh, be able to share some thoughts that God's encouraged me with personally out of this passage of Scripture. And uh, you see the title of the message is, He Will Do Right. And uh, that's not talking about anybody earthly because we can't give that assurance 100%, but you'll see this as we look through the Scriptures. Genesis chapter number 18, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. For the reading of the Word of God, we're going to start in verse number 16. Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 16, the Bible says, And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord and to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee, to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I want us to read that last phrase in verse number 25 together, starting with the word shall. You ready? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Boy, that question in the scriptures. Now we know, according to it, that's a resounding yes. God will do what's right. And I want to share a few thoughts that God spoke to my heart and encouraged me out of this passage of scripture. I pray there will be an encouragement, not just encouragement, but a challenge. Let's have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Lord, I'm so thankful that the God of heaven is a God that is just and right and doeth right. And Lord, we can depend upon you. We can trust you to do that which is right even when things around us may not seem like they're going right. Lord, I pray that we'd believe you, we'd trust you. Now, Lord, would you teach us something and help us out of this passage of Scripture? May you be exalted and glorified through this. May we have a higher worship of the judge of all the earth after we get done this morning. 
And we'll thank you for what you'll do now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. To set the context in which this question is being asked, we know that the previous few chapters of Scripture that Abraham and Lot have separated back in chapter number 13, and Lot looked towards the plains of Jordan where Sodom and Gomorrah are, and they saw that he saw that it was well watered and it was a great place for cattle and he had cattle so he started heading that direction. I don't believe that his motive and his intention was wrong when he looked that direction but then we see the progression over the next few chapters of scripture from chapter number 13 that first he was looking that direction and then the Bible says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. So now he was living that direction after he was just looking that direction. And I preached a message probably four years ago now that out of that passage of scripture that you're going where you're looking. And we know this, that Lot started looking that direction, but then he started living that direction, and then he actually started longing that direction. Not just making trips down into the wickedness and coming back out, but he actually moved his residence down there into Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know according to history and and studying the word of God here that Sodom and Gomorrah were two very wicked cities. In fact, they were mentioned even by the Lord Jesus Christ over in the Gospels about the judgment that was upon Sodom and Gomorrah because of their wickedness that was prevalent there. It had gotten to the point, and this is just a matter of of reading the scriptures, what the Bible tells us, but it actually gotten to the point that the homosexual movement, that's nothing new today, but that actually was so prevalent back in Sodom and Gomorrah that they would actually go door to door. And they walked up to Lot's house because the two angels from the Lord were actually inside the house and they actually went to Lot's house, knocked on the door and said, give us those two men that came there that we can have our way with them. That's how wicked and that's how much boldness that they had in their wickedness and their sin before Almighty God. And you say, well... Here we are in America, hasn't gotten to that point. No, they don't have to come to our front door. You just let them in through the television every day. And they don't have to knock to be able to get permission to come in. You just willingly turn it on and laugh at it all day long. That has no place in the life of a Christian. That's the condition that these cities were in. And may I say this, that the wickedness of that city had come up before the Lord. And may I say when the wickedness of a city catches the attention of the Lord that we know by the end of this passage of Scripture He actually rains down fire and brimstone from heaven and destroys the two cities. Someone made the statement one time that said if God doesn't judge America quickly then He's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. To which my dad years ago looked right back at him and he said, let me remind you, God doesn't have to apologize to anybody. (laughs) Because of this verse of scripture that we just read in this statement of scripture, that the judge of all the earth does right. 
There's nothing that could be ever said about God that God did me wrong. So we understand that this wickedness has come up before the Lord. We understand that, that God has taken notice of the spiritual condition and the wicked actions and lifestyle of these two cities. And God comes down and meets face to face, imagine this, and has a meeting with Abraham. And then God actually mentions to the two angels that are here with him, shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I do? And he's telling Abraham and, and telling him the judgment that he is going to pronounce and carry out on Sodom and Gomorrah. We see a wonderful example, and it's not what I'm going to be preaching on this morning, but we see a wonderful example in this passage of Scripture of what we call intercessory prayer. That Abraham was speaking to God on behalf of those that were down in Sodom and Gomorrah. He was coming back and he was saying, Lord, are you going to destroy the city if there's 50 righteous people there? If we were to read the entire remainder of the passage, I'll finish out the account for you and then share some thoughts that God's encouraged me with and challenged me about. We see that he started out with 50 people. But then he comes down and, and uh, if there were 50, then the Lord said, I won't destroy the cities. But then he says and comes back and he says, if there's 45, if there's 40, and then he starts coming down, if there's 30 people, if there's 20 people, then finally at the end of it, he said, he said be not wroth with me. I'm going to ask one more time. If there are just 10 righteous people in the city, would you spare the city? And you know, the Lord said that he would. Which goes to show us that there wasn't even ten righteous people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But then can I say on a side note that that encouraged me because sometimes we look and say, but God, look at this congregation that you've given to us, but in light of Concord and the surrounding areas, what are we among so many people? But yet we may just be that remnant, that few that is there that may be holding off the judgment of the Lord because of the wickedness that is around us. May I say this? I know that there is, there is an abundance of sin that takes place across our nation today. We know that it seems like, we, and we use this phrase, now more than ever. How many have ever used that phrase before? Well, we know that now more than ever, that sin is abounding. They're not going door to door like they were in Sodom and Gomorrah's time. And we know that sin is abounding across our nation. But can I still encourage us that there still are Bible-preaching churches and Christians that are doing their best to be able to live for God and to be able to stand in a dark world. I'm hearing it's this time of year. Ours, our parade just takes place a little bit sooner than what the world does because I don't know whoever decided to have a Christmas parade before Thanksgiving, but ours takes place the earliest, I believe. We take that first in the nation thing really serious, don't we? I mean, first in the nation primary, hey, let's have a Christmas parade back in November before we slay the turkeys. 
But I'm reading this, listen, across our nation, boy, seeing reports, listen, there are churches across this nation, listen, that are doing their best to be able to get the gospel out, that are standing in the gap, that if they, if someone were to come to their city, at least they'd be able to say, hey, there's at least 10 here that are standing for God. I read about it down in Georgia. They said, hey, we're in the Christmas parade and they're sitting out there in jeans and t-shirts. I'm like, what kind of Christmas parade is that? It's 25 degrees up here when we go out for our Christmas parade. I read about the church down in Manchester that they just handed out last night, just handed out 1,500 Bibles in their Christmas parade, people taking a Bible. Didn't find a one of them on the side of the road as they sent their cleanup crew through to make sure if anything was there. And I thought, you know, and then I read about the Christmas parades in Georgia. I read about them out in the Midwest. I read about across our nation as churches are posted on social media. Hey, we're getting the gospel out. Look at all these gospel tracts and candy bags, the same things that we do. The gospel's going out. Well, I'm thankful that we're not down to where Sodom and Gomorrah is, that there's not even 10 righteous standing before the Lord. But we come back and I've been challenged because I've, I've looked at this passage of Scripture and I've, I've looked at the condition of America and I've seen some things that are taking place. And honestly, we've been coming through the book of the Revelation and I'm reading what's going on and even the saints during that time, how many times the saints in Revelation are saying, Lord, how long? How long till there's, till there's judgment? How long, God, are you going to allow this to endure? And sometimes we have questions in our lives on, God, what in the world is taking place? Can I encourage us in this matter this morning that God, the judge of all the earth, will do right? He's not doing us wrong. He's not doing America wrong. He's not mistreating your family. He's not mistreating your home. He's not treating you any worse than anybody else. The God of all this earth, the righteous judge, will do right. There's not a question on that. You say, but I don't understand it. I mentioned that down in Sunday school this morning. Listen, Mary and Joseph, I don't believe they understood everything either. But I look at it and say, you know, they did trust the Lord. And God, you're going to do what's right. Regardless of what anything else has taken place around this world. And so I look down through here and here's just some, some, some things that challenged me and encouraged me as I came down through here. First of all, he will do what's right in the execution of judgment against wickedness. You say, but that's not, the, that's not the God that I serve. I serve a, a God of love and a God of mercy. And may I remind you that yes, He is a God of love and He is a God of mercy, but He is a God that is faithful to execute judgment against wickedness and against sin. May I say this, that as we're reminded in the Scriptures that all things are open and naked before the eyes of the Lord. Do you know God knows everything that's going on around this world? God knows what people think is hid. God knows what's going on in your life and in my life. And listen, there is no sin whatsoever that you will ever be able to get away with in the eyes of God. 
And Sodom and Gomorrah, they may have thought that they were just hiding out down there in the plains of Jordan and they may be saying no one's around. There's not even a church in this place. There's no one with a gospel witness. But let me tell you this, there's a God in heaven that took, took notice. And there may be times in our lives, listen, you may be saying, I've got this hidden sin. Nobody knows about it. My wife don't know about it. My husband don't know about it. My parents don't know about it. Listen, God will do what's right in the execution of judgment against wickedness. Remember what the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. I believe it was back during, I made mention of this just a couple weeks ago. I think it was uh, Pastor Gravely while he was up here and preaching a revival meeting that he made the statement that someone actually came forward and confessed some sin that nobody knew about and got those, right, got those things right. And someone asked him, they said, why? Why did you confess that? Why did you get it right if nobody else knew about it? He said, because every morning I'd wake up and say, is this the day that I get found out? Is this the day that it's revealed? Is this the day that it's going to cause more damage? Hey, listen, I, I, I know I could preach all morning long about personal sin that's in our lives. And listen, young person, you may think parents don't know about it. You may think pastor don't know about it. You may think that the church doesn't know about it. And you're looking all good and clean sitting here. But there's a God in heaven that knows about it. There's a God in heaven and you're not fooling him. Families, God knows exactly what's going on. God knows what's in, what's in the hearts. God knows what's going on in the homes that nobody else knows about. God knows the, the facade that people try to put on. He knows the conditions of the hearts. God knows all about that. Now that's the challenging and convicting part. And I say the encouraging part about this too is listen, we look across our nation and sin is abounding. And we sit back and say, God, for how long is, are you going to allow sin to be able to run rampant across our nation and around our world? Can I remind you of what Abraham said? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Hey, listen, there was an old preacher. He preached at one time on payday someday. Boy, go look up that message and listen to it. And if there's not conviction trying to get things right at the end of it, payday someday, listen. God's a righteous judge. I had an old preacher walk by one time and he said to me, he said, Peter, he said, you better always remember. And this was in a blessing way, but the opposite's also true. This was in a blessing way. He said, listen, always remember. He said, God keeps good records. God keeps good records. You say, what, what was he trying to say? He was trying to say, listen, all those times that, that you were faithful and maybe nobody else knew about it, maybe that time that, that, that you were a blessing to someone, nobody knew who it was, he said, God saw that. And he said, God keeps good records. He said, but on the other side of it, listen, he said, you may think you've gotten away with it for years. He said, you may think, hey, nobody knows about it. Well, I'll just sweep this thing under the rug and it'll never come to light. Hey, listen, be sure your sin will find you out. He said, God keeps good records. And listen, Sodom and Gomorrah may have been thinking and Abraham may have been looking down at that city saying, listen, look at the sin that is abounding down there. Look at what his nephew was living in. That's who Lot was. Look what he's living in. Look at the society that he's raising his kids in. God came to him one day and Abraham said, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? God will execute judgment upon wickedness. 
Hey, listen, you're not going to be able to get away from it. You're not going to be able to say, hey, I'll just turn over a new leaf and I'll just be able to move on and there's no difference whatsoever that's going to be made. Hey, without repentance towards Almighty God. And some of this may not come out till the judgment seat of Christ. But you know something? We will be judged on every work that we've done in our bodies. And some of this is just going to pass away and it's just going to be wood, hay, and stubble and it's just going to be burned up. But it's going to be revealed. I thought, Lord, listen, we look around, but here's the thing. Do we trust God to take care of it? Remember what the Bible says? It said about the Lord. The Lord said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. We were talking to someone, and uh, if we were writing the Bible, which we're not, we'd take that verse, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay, and I'd put right underneath it, here am I, Lord, send me. Hey, you've had them times too. You're saying, hey, I can do something about that. There's God, the judge of all the earth. Guess what? He'll do right. He'll do right. They're not going to be able to charge him. God, you never punished this wickedness. God, why did you punish them and not punish them? Hey, judge of all the earth will do right. He will execute judgment upon wickedness. That's a challenge. It ought to be convicting to us. It ought to sober us up that if there's sin in our lives, we will not get away with it. Hey, listen, God even sent the preacher by with Nathan to King David. He looked him in his eyeball. There was an old preacher, Eddie Gordon. I believe he had as long of a finger as Nathan did. When he'd get to preaching, I mean, just a scrawny little guy, but his finger reached out there about four feet. And he'd get to preach, and I believe Nathan was just like that. And here he's talking to King David, and I believe he put his finger right up in his face and said, Thou art the man. You're the one that's committed this atrocity against God. You're the one living in this wicked lifestyle. You're the one that did this. And it was found to light. David did everything he could do to cover it up. He went from adultery. He went to murder. He went to lying. He went to covering it all up. But hey, God gave a message to the man of God one day and it was all revealed. And I want to say this, God is faithful. He will do what's right to execute judgment upon wickedness. We can rest in the holiness of God that God's going to take care of the wicked. God will. You say, but pastor, they're so prevalent. They're so wicked across our nation. Hey, they'll have to stand before God one day. I'm not the judge of all the earth. I'm not, I don't have the final say. I'm going to give the gospel out. I'm going to try to see people saved so that when they stand before God, they're eternally secure. But the judge of all the earth will do right. He's right to execute judgment against wickedness. But then can I also say this? And listen, I'm hoping if it's challenging and it's conviction, hey, listen, it's convicting to me of saying make sure we're right. But then can I take it a step further? Can I say he will do what's right in the deliverance of the righteous too? He will do what's right. Do you understand as we go throughout the scriptures and here was Abraham that was, that was pleading on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah saying, hey, if there's 50 people, 50 righteous, okay, if there's not, if there's 45, okay, if there's 40, okay, God, there's got to be 30. Pleading on behalf. Do you know when it came down to it? 
there were four that walked out of that city. Four. There were three that actually lived beyond the exit. Because one of them, Lot's wife, because God said, don't even look back because of looking at the judgment of God. I heard this. Someone asked the question. They said, why do you think Lot's wife looked back? And we're not given that in the scriptures. If you've got your answer, it's just as good as my answer. (laughs) We're not given that in the scripture. But probably one of the best answers I heard was from a Sunday school teacher that asked their second and third grade class. said, why do you think Lot's wife looked back? A little second or third grader put their hand up and said, that's where her kids were. She didn't even make it out. Turned to a pillar of salt. You had Lot and their two daughters that made it out. Now, can I say this? We don't read much about the daughters, except they were wicked. Honestly, they ended up getting their dad drunk, getting him pregnant, getting, getting them pregnant, not him, okay? They ended up getting pregnant, committing incest with their dad, gave birth to two young men that were a thorn in the side of the nation of Israel, for the next centuries. And all we read about Lot, the one thing we read about Lot is that Lot vexed, listen to this, his righteous soul. You say, was Lot saved? He had a righteous soul. That's what we read about in the Scriptures. He was in the wrong place. His influences were wrong. But can I say this? God was still faithful to deliver His people. You go back earlier in the book of Genesis, you get to Genesis chapter number 6, that the imagination of man's heart was wicked continually, but it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Noah and Mrs. Noah and Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their three wives, all eight of them, were delivered, put on the ark, and saved. God's faithful to deliver the righteous. You say, but pastor, look at the condition we're in. I don't know if we're going to make it. Hey, I got good news. We're going to make it. Psalm 37, 25, listen, the same one that was a liar and an adulterer and a murderer, King David. Psalm 37 said, I've been young and now I'm old and I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Now, there may be times, listen, the nation of Israel had to go out and they had to pick up manna from off the ground each and every morning to be able to have food for the day. But God still provided for them. God still met the needs. God still took care of them. God still brought water from the rock. Listen, God knows how to deliver the righteous. You know what we need to concentrate on? Making sure we're the righteous. Making sure that we're the ones. Hey, when God looks down, we know the world's getting bad. We know things are going horrible. We know that things are being sold out. We know that wickedness is abounding. But can I say this? One of these days we're going to hear from another world. Come up hither. 
We're going to hear from another world that the Lord himself is descending from heaven with the voice, with the shout of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with, the, with them to meet the Lord in the air. Hey, listen, guess what? We're going to be delivered from all of this. The Lord of all the earth will do right. The judge of all the earth, listen, he'll do right. But I wonder how many times we sat back and just questioned God. God, what in the world are you doing? God, do you know what's taking place down here? God, do you know what they're saying about you? God, do you know the situation that we're in? God, do you know what's going on in my city? The judge of all the earth will do right. He can, he'll execute judgment upon wickedness. Can I say this? He sure does know how to deliver the righteous. And if need be, do you understand what took place in Genesis chapter number 18? God sent two angels from heaven to go down and literally, I, I believe they had to grab Lot by the hand and say, hey, we are getting out of the city. Took his two daughters. Hey, listen, there were daughters, there were sons, sons-in-laws. They were all left behind there. You know what that tells me? I don't believe they're righteous. I don't believe that even Lot reached his family. I wonder if it could be said that if God were to look down upon your family, I wonder if he would just take you and your wife and leave the kids behind because they're not righteous. And I'm talking about being to the age of accountability. I'm talking about they've made their decisions for the Lord and they're, just, they're, they're, not, they're not living for God. They're not right. They're not a child of God. They're living in wickedness. God knows how to deliver the righteous. He will do what's right. There is no one throughout history, and let me remind you, and you're not going to be the first that is going to be able to charge God with treating you unfairly. I'm not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. We're not going to be able to charge him for eternity and say, well, God, you didn't treat my family right. I'll say this, if every one of us got what we deserve, none of us would be sitting here today. If every one of us got what, what we know we deserve, we wouldn't be fellowshipping one with another. Do you understand the crowd that's sitting here today? Now you think about every background. You think about what's been done in the past of every person that is here today. And you tell me one other thing besides the Lord Jesus Christ that could put us all in the same room. Now listen, I was just a little innocent preacher's boy from up in Maine. Yeah, don't laugh too hard at that. Hey, I was a wicked five-year-old before I got saved. It's wicked afterwards, too. Can I say this? Hey, we could give testimonies. Who else besides Jesus could take a little five-year-old preacher's boy, save his soul? Can I say this? I got a wife back here. Her parents never once took her to church. Never once. Just someone else that had a burden for picking up a young lady and being able to bring her to church and she ended up getting saved. Someone gave her a ride coming to church. She ends up marrying the preacher's kid. You say who can do that but God. 
Who would put a little preacher's boy getting saved at the age of five and an old drug addict or a recovering alcoholic and put him in the same room? Who can do that besides Jesus? Hey, let me tell you something. God's faithful. He'll execute judgment on wickedness, but he sure knows how to deliver the righteous too. But then can I close with this thought as I look down through here? Look what he says back in the first verses that we read. Verse number 18, here's what the Lord is saying. He's saying, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And I read down through here, and can I say, this is, I, was, I was so encouraged with this. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Can I say finally this morning, he will do right in being faithful to his promises. He will do right in being faithful to his promises. Do you know there's no one that can not only charge God foolishly with treating them wrong, but there is no one that can ever look at God and say, God, you lied to me. There's no one that can look at God and say, but God, that's not true. No one can say that. There's no one that can say, listen, of over 6,000 years of the Lord Jesus Christ keeping his promises that we have recorded throughout the word of God, there's not one promise that God has ever failed at. So you tell me this morning, why is it that we think we're the first generation that God's not going to take care of us? That God's not going to provide for us. That God's not going to see us through. Listen, there's been a whole lot more wicked governments over time than what we've experienced in our lifetime. Hey, we're not having to huddle down in a cave or out in a forest somewhere just to be able to open up the Word of God. We're not having to get out into a forest, listen, like the, like the Baptists did back in the late 1600s down in Virginia when they had to meet in the pine groves and they couldn't even sing because they couldn't raise their voice for fear of the government being able to hear them. You say, oh no, that didn't take place. It sure enough did. Being imprisoned for believing the word of God, what we call today the Baptist faith. Believe in that. Singing the songs that we lifted our voice singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Joy to the World, and there's a song in the air. There wasn't a song in the air. And why do we think that we're going to be the first generation that God fails on? We're the first generation that's going to say, Hey, God's not able to bring me through. Hey, do you know what God was saying to Abraham? Listen, what God was saying to Abraham and about Abraham is Abraham's going to be the father of a great nation. That hadn't happened yet. But he said, I'm going to reveal it to him. Do you understand? Listen, it wasn't going to come through Lot, but he was revealing it to Abraham because it dealt with his family. And, God, and Abraham, here's what's going to be taking place. Can I ask on a side note, do you understand what God said about Abraham? This isn't what Abraham said to God about this is what I'm going to do. This is what God said to Abraham about Abraham in verse number 19. When he said, show him, show him this and reveal it to him, he said, this is what the Lord said, for I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment 
that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Do you understand God looked down at Abraham, about Abraham, and said, I know Abraham. He's going to teach his family right. He's going to raise them upright. He's going to teach them in the way of the Lord and the judgment of the Lord. He's going to do justice. You know what I believe Abraham knew? I I believe Abraham knew, listen, it's worth it to serve God. Can I encourage our families right now? Listen, the judge of all the earth will do right. And you may say, is it worth it to be here with my my wife, to get my spouse up, to spend time in church, and to be able to live right, and to be able to do right? Is it worth it? The judge of all the earth will do right. Is it worth it to raise them kids in church, and to be able to teach them the difference between right and wrong? Hey, the judge of all the earth will do right. I can stand before you today. Listen, I had parents, and, and it's, been, it's been joked about this, that I had a drug problem the whole time growing up. I was drugged to church Sunday morning, drugged to church Sunday night, drugged to church on Wednesday night. And hey, some of you had the same life. Man, I've been stirred up, and he don't even know it, what Bob said last Sunday after he gave his, his testimony up here and said, thank man, I've been stirred up about it all week long when I said, what would you say to the young people out there? And his statement was, you got a better life than I had. You better enjoy it. A simple statement. But I thought, you know something, Brother Mike? It didn't hurt me one bit. So what, I missed out on the hangovers. So what, I missed out on on a split family. So what, that I missed out on what all the drugs can do to someone and what it can do to be able to destroy lives. So what? The judge of all the earth will do right. Listen, you take your kids to church, you raise them right, you teach them the word of God, you teach them the difference between right and wrong. Hey, it'll be worth it one day. It'll be worth it. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? You say, what's going to happen? Hey, I will say this. God will be right to your family. I can't look back and and charge God foolishly about my family. You say, boy, you must have had a perfect upbringing. No, some of you knew my dad. He wasn't perfect. My mom wasn't perfect. Family wasn't perfect. It wasn't. But I'll say this. It wasn't God's fault. He is so faithful. So faithful. You say, Pastor, there's so much uncertainty. Hey, listen, you can rest your head tonight saying the God of all the earth will do right. God knows. Listen, he'll execute judgment upon the wickedness. It's it's not my job. I'm not going to execute judgment on them. God will take care of that. Can I say it's a whole lot worse standing before an almighty God than it is standing before Peter Chamberlain. Do you know some people and some the way that some people live right now, they have no regard whatsoever for the God of heaven. And I'm saying if you just had an old-fashioned fear of God, you wouldn't be living like that. Because God will do what's right to execute judgment. But then I look around and say, God, how long till the judgment comes? But then I can take assurance all the way through the word of God. Guess what? God's faithful to deliver the righteous. Boy, God's going to get me out of here. I'm not worried about the tribulation. I'll just be honest with you. I'm not worried about what's going to take place. According to the scriptures, I believe we're out of here before that happens. You say, well, that means you can live however you want to and there's no judgment. Not according to the word of God. 
For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Listen, he was talking to Christians in the book of Acts when he said it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God in relationship to judgment. God will execute judgment. God will do what's right in delivering the righteous. And God will do what's right in faithfulness to his promises. Pastor, what if, what if I raise my kids like that? Is there any guarantee they're not going to go off? God will do what's right. I heard testimony this week. Someone who was saved at a younger age got to a certain age, wanted to do what they wanted to do. Started living the things of this world. And here's what they said. They said, you know, you, you never truly leave it. It's always there. It's always there. There, there is a God in heaven, listen, that's gonna, he, he's going to plant that seed. It's going to be there. It's going to be reminding. You say, but I've got children. They're out in the world right now. And, and listen, hey, God is so faithful to be able to work on them. It may not be in our timing, but boy, God's so faithful. You say, well, I might not see it in this life. No, but I've heard about it taking place after death. Boy, they get right, get back in. Hey, God's faithful. God will do what's right. You know what the requirement is on our side? Just to be faithful to the Lord. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We understand that. Abraham is pleading before God Almighty and asks him, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? What he's saying is, listen, it's far from thee. It's far from thee that, that you would sacrifice the righteous with the heathen and with the wickedness. That's, that, that's just not you. I have written down here, and I'm not preaching on it. Do you understand that, that Abraham at this point is revealing to us the very character of Almighty God? The character, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? The answer is yes. So can I encourage us on this? Do right, be found faithful, and trust God to take care of it. Do what we know to be true. God is righteous. Hey, listen, if you don't make church a priority, if you don't make walking with God a priority, you don't make the word of God a priority in your home, guess what? You can see through scriptures what's going to happen. Why don't my kids enjoy church? Why don't they have any spiritual desire whatsoever? Maybe because you don't have any spiritual desire or at least faithfulness to it. The Lord will do what's right. He'll deliver the righteous. Why don't we trust him for it? Look around and say, look at the wickedness. Just trust the Lord. He'll take care of it. They will not get away with sin. They will not get away. God will execute judgment. But he'll deliver the righteous too. We'll, be, we'll, we'll get out of here one day. Isn't that wonderful? Well, I'm looking forward to it. As far as I'm concerned, if it could happen this afternoon, let's get out of here. It can happen. But until then, I know he's going to do right and being found faithful to the promises that he's made. Just hold on to him. Just live by him. God will take care of things.